Today on Garnet and Great. When Bobby came in, he saw what he inherited. The first day of practice we had under him, you know, we were looking at each other like, this is such a change. It was basically his way or the highway. For all of us FSU faithful, the 2020 season is probably best forgotten, right? I mean, could it have been any worse? Actually, it could have been. Just ask this guy. He's a player who lived through every agonizing moment in 1973 when the Seminoles had their nightmare on Pensacola Street season of 0 and 11. Name is Mike Schumann. I played at FSU 73 to 77, and I was a wide receiver. Yeah, Mike was there for the worst, and then one of the best years in FSU football. He knows firsthand how the Seminoles overcame issues like coaching turnovers and cultural problems. Sound familiar? To become a team that fans loved and opponents feared. I had gone to the state championship against Merritt Island at Leon in Tallahassee. The year before I came to Florida State, I narrowed it down to Alabama and Florida State and went there because the Seminoles still threw the ball. Everybody was running the wishbone back in the early 70s. And uh, to go 0-11 after going to a state championship game was very frustrating. Um, and they had come off a great season in 1972 with Barry Smith and Gary Huff taking them to the first ever Fiesta Bowl. So from signing on to what I thought was going to be a great program to going 0-11 was probably the most frustrating experience I've ever had in sports. And then to have Bobby Bowden come in and his second year, we won 10 games, the first Florida team to ever win 10 games in a regular season, beating Texas Tech in the Tangerine Bowl. It's kind of a cherry on top of a very disappointing Sunday for the prior four years. And was it confusing or just frustrating to have three different head coaches during that time with uh, Jones in 72, then Mudra and Bowden in 76? You have that kind of turnover. You're not only going to have turnover with your head coaches, but what offense and defenses you run, you know, their way of doing things. And uh, we were kind of in that first group in the early 70s of uh, football players with long hair. After the 60s and the 50s with all the military crew cuts, and it was an interesting time for everybody involved. Coaches trying to figure out how to, you know, deal with this different breed of athlete. I remember I got inducted into Leon High School's Hall of Fame, and Dean Cox was the head coach who played at Florida State. And somebody asked him, what's the difference with a kid with long hair and short hair? And he said, well, Mike Schumann taught me that a kid with long hair can catch the ball just as well or better than a kid with short hair. So I always thought it was one of the ultimate compliments. So I think it was difficult for everybody, and then you had a lot of people battling uh, authority, we'll say, with the attitudes back then. So I think it made it difficult for everybody, and there was no continuity as a result. We had the athletes. It just didn't seem to click with the coaching staff. And uh, I don't know if if you would have given Daryl Mudger another year, we might have come on or not. But my freshman class did not have a winning season. 0-11, 1-10, 3-8, 5-6. Very frustrating for all of us who came there thinking, you know, we're going to change this program around to, you know, having one of the worst four years ever in the history of Florida State. It was a big difference going from the laid back, laissez faire era of Mudra to the, you know, more disciplined era when Coach Bowden came in. When Bobby came in, he saw what he inherited. The first day of practice we had under him, we were all exhausted. You know, we were looking at each other like, my goodness. I mean, this is such a change. It was basically his way or the highway. And that's what it took 
you know, to change that program around. You know, we used to wear flannel shirts and jeans on the plane. We all had to wear suits and ties again. So just little things that made you, everybody play along as a team. We had too many guys that were all little cliques. You know, you'd have the Lake Worth click, the West Palm Beach click, you know, the Northern Florida click. So we weren't ever really a team. And that's what Bobby brought to the program. So it was a, quite a stark adjustment for all of us. But yet we were all so starving for wins, we were willing to do whatever he asked of us. And how long did it take for Bobby Bowden to uh, get the team behind him to win him over? One practice. <laughs> We, we all kind of looked at each other, but, you know, and then a couple of us stood up and said, hey, this is what it's going to take. And, you know, Bobby was going to weed people out there anyway. You know, every new head coach does that no matter what level. So you implement your program the way you're going to do it. And if you're not on board, it, you can transfer or, you know, just move on. We didn't really have a choice. I wasn't going to transfer and go through all that. I'm going to stick it out and make sure we can turn this thing around. You used to, when you transferred, you had to sit out a year. Kids give up too easily these days. You know, if it sucks, I'm leaving. I think everybody was so starving for wins that we were all willing to do whatever it took. So, Mike, what would you say to FSU players still on the roster who've been through so many changes and so much turmoil? I think in Mike Norvell, maybe a little bit what I saw in Bobby Bowden, you know, when Bobby first came in here. Bobby had been a great assistant coach. Like he was at Florida State back in the era with Steve Timsey and Fred Belitnikoff. He coached Belitnikoff as a receiver coach. So uh, I think Norvell is the guy. And people questioning, did we get rid of the wrong coach? I think they made the right move. Mike's going to implement his program just like Bobby did. And those who want to stay will stay. Now they have access to transfer easily, which we didn't have back then. I think he's on the right track. You know, he had some uh, missteps early on uh, with his team, and I think lost a few of them there. But uh, I think he's a good hire. I think once he gets the players he wants, every college head coach should get at least four years with their freshman class to maybe become seniors. And I think once he gets the kind of players he wants in there to fit into his offense and defense, I think we're going to see a quick turnaround. So what would you tell today's FSU's long-suffering fans about staying the course? I think basically college football fans, especially in Tallahassee, are very loyal, a lot more loyal than NFL fans. So I think they'll stay the course. I think once Mike gets his players in there, I think the fans should hang in there. And it's going to be a year or two, but I think you'll see Florida State back in the top 25 of, of college football. In 1977, at the end, you go to Gainesville and beat the Gators soundly. Would you say that was your most memorable game? I think beating Florida was more memorable because my freshman class didn't beat them once. And then I got to come back a fifth year and we tore them up. I mean, Kurt Unglaub, myself, Roger Overby, Jimmy Jordan, Wally Woodham, and to beat them in their house in the swamp. I think it was 34 to 8, if, I'm, if I recall. And, uh, it's one of the most thrilling wins I think I've ever been a part of. And that was the win probably that, I don't want to say put Bobby on the map, but second year he beat Florida finally. And uh, you could feel the sense that this program was getting turned around. A lot of those guys who went through those previous four years that were on that 77 team, that was kind of, I think, the team that turned Florida State's program around. Some people will say it was the 80 team or this team, that team. No, I think it was the 77 team. First team to win 10 in Florida, got to a bowl game, and then people wanted to start coming to Florida State again. 
What's a story from your time at FSU that maybe you've never told publicly? In the Florida game, which we won, uh, I made a touchdown catch, I think, and uh, it got called back for something. So Jimmy Jordan, uh, we came back to the huddle, and I said, run it again. And he goes, well, uh, no, no, uh, George Hafner, I think, was the offensive coordinator. He goes, well, he said this play, and I said, don't worry, run the play again. So Jimmy changed it, you know, changed the play. I caught it. I didn't catch a touchdown, but I ended up like on the one yard line. I jumped out between two players and caught it. And uh, Jimmy runs over the sideline. Hafner gets in his face. What are you doing? He goes, well, you know, shoot told me to change it. And then Hafner came up to me and I said, you want to win the game or you just want to cut it? Because Kurt was his guy, Kurt Unglaub, but Kurt was hurt. He caught a touchdown early in that game and got hurt. And Roger Overby, too. And Roger caught those three touchdowns against Florida in that win. And I used to tease him. I said, you know, your career didn't turn out like he wanted it to, nor did Kurt because he was always injured. But those three touchdown catches and a win over Florida at uh, Florida Field is going to set you up for the rest of your life. And sure enough, it did. No, it was uh, a great time, a great era. I like to say, I think we set the table for the future. After FSU, Mike made the roster of the San Francisco 49ers and later played for the Bucks and St. Louis Cardinals during his six-year NFL career. You got to remember back then, you know, people still ran the ball. They didn't play three and four wideouts, you know, and uh, you still had a tight end and a fullback back then. So they only kept four wide receivers back in the day when I was playing and usually only one quote possession guy. And uh, so that was only, you know, 28 jobs for receivers like myself in the whole world back then. So it was a lot tougher to find a home in the NFL for players like myself. You know, and as a former San Francisco 49er, you've seen firsthand the football dynasty rise and fall and then rise again. My first two years with the 49ers in 78-9, we were 2-14. and In the first year, we were probably the worst team in the history of the NFL. The second year, Bill Walsh's first year, a little like Bobby Bowden, you know, we lost probably 10 games by a total of maybe 30 points. That was the best 2-14 and team maybe in the history of the NFL. And then two years later, we won a Super Bowl. And then, of course, they run four of them in the 90s. So it's very cyclical. And I think NFL teams, are their cycles are shorter. But in college football, you can have longer runs. You know, Florida State's just got too much history, basically created by Bobby Bowden. So I think Mike's going to, seems like he's a good recruiter and get good players back in there. Well, since you live in the Bay Area, did you ever get to know Fred Blitnikoff? Freddie B., he left the Raiders in 78, the year I came. But we ended up uh, becoming fast friends. And I told, mentioned that Bobby coached Freddie when he was a receiver coach at Florida State in the mid-60s. And then when he came to coach us, he co- always compared me to Freddie B. And I was kind of compared to him, you know, because it was Freddie B., Ron Sellis, Barry Smith, and myself, I'd like to think, that were kind of the top four receivers in the 60s and 70s. But um, then... After my NFL career, I played one year, the last year of the USFL with the Oakland Invaders, where Freddie was the receiver coach. So he and I, after being compared and, you know, having a friendship off the field, played golf and things like that, finally got to work together. And it was probably one of the funnest years I ever had playing pro football. It was uh, an honor to be compared to him and at the same time uh, put a lot more pressure on my game to be successful. 
today, Mike lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, where he's probably best known not as a former 49er, but as a TV sports reporter for 20-plus years. Florida State's had that great history for all these years and a lot of different sports, men and women's now. And uh, I'm just really proud of the school for a long time. I was very disappointed in what my career there. But over the years, and I saw the coach who I was lucky to play for for one year turn it around. So I have a lot of pride in the school, and uh, I'm always connected with it. Yeah, Mike's a long way from Tallahassee, both in distance and decades. But rest assured, he's still a Seminole. Uh, I used to get grief out here because I do Florida State highlights on my sportscast. And they're like, what? You know, but there's about a thousand Florida State alum that live in the Bay Area. So uh, it was always uh, appreciated. Garnet and Great is produced by Rich Holton, FSU class of 71. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Go nose.